0: Welcome to another episode of Nerdy Latinas Podcast. This is Shor Latina, and I am with my co host, Sabritas. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And today we are being, uh, we have an awesome guest, Mike Moreno Jr. Hi, Mike.
1: How are you doing today?
0: So um, Mike is the vice president of Moreno Liquors and owner, founder of Osito's Tap in Little Village. As you guys know, that is the season. Uh, Third season is all about La Villita, South Lawndale in Chicago. Um, And we're highlighting uh, success stories. We're highlighting community members. We're highlighting um, just people that make the community strong and really represent what the community is all about and so welcome Mike tell us a little bit about yourself
1: yeah no I'm happy to be here and I love that you guys are all highlighting um, La Vita I think it's it's very important to kind of talk about our roots as as Latinos and and uh, kind of where where people have come from you know everyone says that La Vita is is the corridor to uh, the Midwest for for many people in in, um, in the United States so Love talking about it. Um, as you had mentioned, my name is Mike Moreno Jr., the uh, co owner of, of uh, Moreno's Liquors, vice president over there, and the uh, founder and owner of Ositos Tap in Little Village, which is a speakeasy bar that focuses on craft cocktails, craft spirits, and craft beer. And of course, our food. I always forget about the delicious food we have
0: now. Yeah. <laughs> we had the food last Amazing. time, it was so good.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, we, we started doing a lot more food oriented um cuisines and stuff um as soon as the pandemic hit so we had you know small botanas but uh we wanted to really expand on that and and, and started putting larger portions and stuff so that way we didn't have that stigma with with COVID-19 you know there was definitely a lot of people that were kind of uh targeting uh bars as like the where where COVID was spreading and um um, I have my own spill on that, but <laughs> but I, I well, wanted to make sure that we were able to cover ourselves and, and have food so that way people can, can sit down, enjoy themselves, and not uh, overindulge as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we definitely want to get into how you've become creative, especially with the pandemic. I know that restaurants and bars have really had to, you know, turn the wheel and, be really innovative right now, especially during these times when businesses, especially small local businesses, are are suffering uh, during the pandemic. But before we get to there, I want to rewind a bit to um, what inspired you. I, I've read articles about Ositos, about its opening, and I have read a little bit about, you know, your inspiration, but I'd rather hear you I'd rather hear your perspectives, um, you know, uh, right now and like and can you tell our listeners, you know, what was your inspiration for Ositos and how were you inspired by the design and um and the creation of it?
1: Yeah, um, so to, to kind of if you really want an in-depth spiel of, of Ositos, I you know, let's go all the way back to about 2015, um, where I really started to incorporate a lot of Craft spirits into the store. Moreno's liquors. Um, we were focusing heavily on the expansion of our whiskey selection, our mezcal selection, which I love mezcal. If people know me. I, I'm a big fan of mezcal. Um, uh, really prioritizing the tequilas that we have. The craft beer selection was was growing tremendously. You know, I started um, increasing that tenfold. I mean, we had in 2009 about 200 different craft beers. And then by 2015, we had almost four times that. So to grow it at such an exponential rate, I wanted to showcase and and kind of say, you know, we have some unique products at the store. But also, I felt like the South Side of Chicago was almost like a desert when it came to these kind of products. Um, And, you know, we had a nice following in the Latino communities predominantly the Mexican communities of people coming in but I said you know we're missing out on the, the general market the african-american market uh, the Asian market I said I, I want people to really understand and know who we are and, and what we're doing and so I started heavily focusing on these products and um, I wanted to prove to people that you know little village is, is a place where you could come and also enjoy and indulge great great products um, and it was really hard at first. We had a lot of, of pushback. People that didn't believe that we could sell those kind of products over there. Um, but I always came back to what my father taught me when I was younger, and he said, you know, if, if um, there isn't a market, create the market. Mm. And that's something that I still stand by as a young entrepreneur. I, I'm, I'm I'm very passionate about what I do, and I wanted to show people. Well, there's a lot of young Latinos out there, Latinx people that that want to have. Um, these products and, and they end up going to Binnie's or to other neighborhoods. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And um, I was like, why don't we have this on the south side of Chicago? Why yeah. can't we get these quality drinks? Um, so as I started to get more into that, I started looking at, at what was what, what were we lacking in La Vita in particular? Um, I started getting more heavily involved in, in local uh, government and politics. Um, currently I'm the chairman of the SSA for the city of Chicago, for the little village neighborhood. So, you know, I'm very actively involved in in the neighborhood and and I I keep my ears really close to the ground. I like to listen to, to young Latinos. And, um, I wanted to see what we were missing. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about it, little village has about 73,000 people that live in this community. It's the most densely populated community in the entire city of Chicago. The median age is 23 years old oh yeah have very few places for young people to go and hang out why is that why why can't we have something like that
0: i can tell you why because our parents don't let us go anywhere
1: yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't do where are you gonna go
0: so we end up sneaking out and going downtown
1: exactly and giving our
0: money downtown <laughs> or our friend's basement either or
1: yeah that's too funny. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and absolutely, because um, I was reading within the article that Osito's tap is the first to open within the neighborhood within decades,
1: yeah. because,
2: I mean, only,
1: years.
2: yeah, and, and, and to my recollection, the only other bar, and I don't, it's not open anymore. Jacaranda, H- that's closed, right? They're open? They're They're open?
1: open. Oh, yeah, they remodeled? Yeah. Yeah, they just remodeled. It actually looks really nice. I, I
2: think I saw, I thought we, they were We got to go, Sabritas?
1: Yeah, it looks really nice. <laughs>
2: no, let's go to Ositos. <laughs> let's
1: go both after party.
0: <laughs> but I, oh, you you go ahead. I don't well, think we finished say, the I have, nothing
1: against, I have nothing against a little bit of friendly competition. I actually think <laughs> it's good to have a few other bars, especially places where, where young young people can go and hang out.
0: And it's important because if you have more bars, Kids like to bar hop. I mean, yep. at least I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to stay in one place because it gets stale. You got to keep moving. Yeah. Get the party going. I do want to go back a little bit because I'm, I think it's, it's really cool that you're like, you know, this is a, this is something that's missing. You are able to have the, the, the eye to make money and like make profit. But like, I want to hear about like your upbringing are you from Little Village? What school did you go to? Are you from Chicago? I want to know everything about your bringing.
1: Right <laughs> how, good, did you, how did you become question.
0: who you are?
1: <laughs> that's a great question. I'm definitely, you know, I, I, um, I usually don't talk about my childhood very often, but um, I always tell people I wasn't born in Little Village, but I was raised in Little Village. Um, so my father immigrated from San Luis Potosi, Mexico actually moved over to, to uh, Pilsen first. He, he immigrated when he was about seven years old and then moved to, to Little Village when he was 14. My mom was born and raised in La Vita um, and they started their business here in Little Village. So as, a, as a, a, a young boy, I grew up in Archer Heights, right on the other side of the bridge, literally right on the other side of, of the Pulaski Bridge. Um, I live a, a block from Pulaski. So... I spent a lot of time in Little Villages as a kid. Uh, my parents would bring me to the store all the time, especially if they were very busy. I'd be in the back playing around or, I don't know, drinking pop and, and eating elotes on the corner. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time in this neighborhood. My, my grandparents uh, still live in this neighborhood and I spend a lot of time at their house also. They actually live right across the street from the store. Um, so it, it definitely is, you know, family, familia es todo, it's, it's very important to me. And um and that's something that I think we we do a very good job of here in, in at our store is keeping in touch with where we're from and our family. So we, you know, I've always spent or I've spent most of my life in Moreno's liquors. And so I I I was, you know, and raised here in the neighborhood for for years. Um as far as education goes, I mean, I guess if you want to talk about kind of where, where I got a lot of these ideas. I'd always been really business savvy. So I, I went to Paul University for business management and entrepreneurial studies, but I had always wanted to be in business. And I, I started that at a very young age. I know that because I, when I was in second grade, I would try to, I would literally take pieces of paper and write down on there Um, like ticket stubs and when there was like a baseball game at the school or something I would try to sell (laughs) tickets. A
0: young Uh, buddy?
1: Yeah I was I was selling uh, by by third and fourth grade I was selling um, stickers you know I was always trying to make money in some sense. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, The most (laughs) successful that I that I did when I was a kid was uh, a lemonade stand and I was doing really well with it I was making a hundred dollars a day selling lemonade on the corners. Wow uh,
0: the original Ositos. (laughs) (laughs)
1: so i've I've always i've always been you know business oriented i just i kind of liked it it was it was fun to me
2: and so kind of going back to what you mentioned in the beginning so to put it into perspective the pandemic when did when would you say it hit ositos business wise when did you know you shift gears with your team and you know sit down and say okay we have to think of something else
1: yeah, um we had been innovating all the way up to about maybe two weeks after they shut us down. Um, apologies if you hear noises, it's my dog walking around. Yeah, we <laughs>
0: hear the little little stilettos.
1: Yep, patter. Yeah, he's he's uh he around this time he's usually getting ready to go home. So he's like he's like, around.
2: um, why am I still here? <laughs> clock out, uh, clock out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, so um, the pandemic hit us pretty hard. Actually, it was it was very scary. I remember uh, vividly that right around St. Patrick's Day last year, when um, we were gearing up for a really exciting day, and uh, we were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a good St. Patrick's Day," and you know, we weren't trying to get anything crazy, but you know, we we expected that people would would still come out, and and it just actually it wasn't St. Patrick's Day. My apologies. It was the week before. It was three one two day. For Goose Island, so mm. Island has their three one two beer, and it was three one two day. So the week before, because um, St. Patrick's Day is when shit really hit the fan, um, but three one two day was when we were gearing up. We, you know, we had a couple different Goose Island beers on tap. We thought a lot of people were going to show up, and it, it just didn't pan out. Um, so we started really closely paying attention to the news, and um, shortly after that, I, I remember going out, getting supplies and, and uh, food for my house. And I, I hear you know, Governor Pritzker on the radio saying that effective tomorrow, we are shutting down all bars and restaurants. And it just broke my heart. I mean, it just like two years in the, in the making, time, sweat, blood, tears, everything that I had put into that bar uh, to be shut down like that after only a few months after opening was heartbreaking um you know and I didn't know what was going to happen next but um a couple weeks after that you know you go through that 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 time of what could I have changed and blah blah you're trying to figure out what what we could have done and there was nothing that we could have done at that time but we you know there's the people that that sit back and say well you know that's it there's nothing else to do and I just didn't believe that I didn't think that it was the right sense. And so I sat down with my bar manager, Denise, and uh, we immediately started saying, okay, well, let's keep ourselves active in some sense. So we started off with um, having educational seminars virtually, you know, where we we would have people join us and uh, we would post up how to make cocktails at home. And then we started doing uh, cocktails for people to pick up. And um, as they slowly started telling us, okay, you could reopen, we really started rushing in, okay, how are we gonna do this? And we actually, when you have to reopen a business, it's almost the same as opening a business altogether. It's very <laughs> stressful. There's a lot you have to do, especially when you don't have a business that has outdoor patio seating and you never anticipated having that. Um, so we, we got together and we're like, okay, we're gonna make this happen. And in two weeks, we got a whole patio built outside. We had a mural put in, we got lights, we had, uh, you know, the, the umbrellas, everything. We started adding food, started rehiring. I mean, it was insane. I, I still can't fathom how we were able to do it so quickly. Um, actually the day before we opened, we were still out there kind of like painting our, our, our patio furniture and stuff and getting stuff ready all the way up to 2.00 AM the day before And even the day of, we were still, our radios, like our speakers outside didn't even work for like a week, just because we weren't, you know, we were trying as hard as we can to get everything done. Um, So there was a lot going on. It was just a a chaotic uh, time in our lives, I'd say. 2020 has aged me so many years, I swear to God. (laughs) I feel like 2020 was like two or three years in one. I think there's a study
2: about that. I've been telling everyone 2020. is there really? Yeah,
0: I think there's a study that we we like um, really did age, like in, in so many ways, Ugh. biologically and like cognitively. <laughs> like we aged, we like shaved <laughs> off years from our lives.
2: I've been telling people 2020 doesn't count, so um, I'm <laughs> on a different. I'm on a different page. I, that's but fine. that's to say. So you opened in November to around November 2019. Correct. Yeah. And so you, when the pandemic hit, you had been been open for only several months. For yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: that is that first and foremost, that's just insane to me because yeah. I can't even imagine having you know just opened this this business. Which, by the way, I was running to Ositos the, the second. <laughs> yeah, next. you were. We <laughs> well, were. Yes. because like you said, Mike, there's. There's not a lot of places to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I I often resort to Pilsen because it's the closest to me. Like if there was something, like if there were something closer, obviously I would go. And I'm all about supporting small businesses. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that I think is extremely important. And honestly, every single time I go to Moreno's, I'm, I mean, I know the staff, like I get greeted, like I, I know security guard, you know, yeah. it's just such an experience where like, Every weekend, and I was just telling Short Latina. My (laughs) employer told me not to say this out loud. I I said, I go to Moreno's all the time. And it's true because I love going to Moreno's. I love their selection. Like you said, um, Moreno's has a huge selection of, of all types of beer, mezcal, tequila, anything, you name it, like I'm pretty sure you guys have it. Um, I'm waiting for that Mod- modelo reserva to come out
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was on the phone earlier today talking about that actually yeah uh, yeah we've, we've been I, I, my phone blows up all day so a lot of the messages get get sent to my phone um, my girlfriend doesn't like it because she thinks that I'm I'm always talking to my friends or something Majority of the time <laughs> the I get a lot of messages in a day so it's, it's stressful at times but yeah. Uh, but yeah that that should be hitting the market or i hope it should be hitting the market within the next month it's it's right now just test market in texas and california
2: awesome <laughs> no, well, you how it does is just be patient <laughs> Yeah, i'm being patient i waited i was waited patiently for the topo chico and everything i haven't so, had that the
0: the one that's um liquor right topo chico? wait hold
2: up did like you a- know that people and and i say people i don't i don't I hear that people call it ranch water. Have you heard this? What? Yes. Have you heard this? Water. Right?
1: No, yeah? I haven't. That's weird.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's really weird. I heard it the other day and I was like, excuse me, you mean to chico? I don't like I don't. why ranch water. I don't know, but we can do a, a different episode on that. <laughs> okay, well, going, well, going back, back, going back. <laughs> coming back to the episode, please. <laughs> coming back to the episode. Um <clears throat> I, I kind of wanna talk about um, what's been motivating you during you know, this pandemic. Um, you know, I'm sure you're balancing not only your business, but your family and your career in general. Um, what has been your motivation? And how has that motivation been shaped by your community around you by La Villita?
1: Yeah, excellent. I actually think it's intertwined almost entirely. I think what's, what's motivated me the most is the community. Um, you know, I tell people all the time that, because people say, man, the one thing I don't 100% like is, is a lot of people will say, this is a bar that you'd expect to see in, um, you know, up north, or this is a bar you expect to see downtown. And I always correct them. And I say, well, this is a bar that I like to see here in Little Village, because why can't we have, I always tell people, why can't Latinos have nice things? I don't understand why we can't have nice things. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're, we we all want to go out just like everybody else. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel like it's 100% intertwined. Um, you know, I, I care a lot about the community and I want to see the community continue to grow. So one of the main reasons why I put the bar in Little Village was because I see the potential that Little Village has. And I'm talking about from the people that are in the community and people that had left the community. I want to see people coming back to the community and saying, you know, this is where I was born and raised. Let's go back. Let's, let's you know, bring the, the community up. Let's keep building businesses. I want more young, you know, uh, Latinx people to, to come in and, and, and uh, put businesses in the community. I want to see more Investment when when it comes to the houses in the in the community and and, and say you know well, I'm going to live here I'm not going to move to another neighborhood, so it's really I think when I first when I first opened the bar, I had people that kind of confused that with gentrification, and assumed mm-hmm. that I was you know attempting to gentrify the community, and I always tell people I said you know gentrification happens when a community gives up on itself. Gentrification also happens when um, you have people that start selling their homes because they believe that they they need to get out of the community. You know, they, someone will come to them, let's say, and, and say, hey, I'm going to give you 50000 more than what your home is worth. And they sometimes people will, will, will take that and they're like, all right, I'm out. Well, I always tell people, hold on. don't Don't leave, like hold on, because what we have is so precious to us. We need to understand where... Little village once was, and where we are now, and um, I think one of the best ways to hold on to that is to promote tourism, but keep the money in the community. Very similar to Chinatown, you know. Chinatown is a Chinese-run community. Well, you know, I wouldn't say wealthy; it's a middle-class Chinese community, and they bring tourism in, and they spend money, but at the end of the day, they go back home, and they hold on to their businesses, they hold on to their homes. That's what I am hoping to do is inspire more young Latinos and say, you know what, I could put a business in. If he could do it, I could do it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, why would I sell my house? This is where I want to stay. That, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that, that people will, will say, this is this is where I want to be. I'm not sure. I feel like I got off topic right No, there. no, no. no. I, you
2: absolutely <laughs> did not. I love that you actually... Um are talking about that because uh, gentrification is is also one of the to- topics that we'll be uh, talking with Jackie Serato about. I think these are very important conversations because to be honest with you, Mike, you know, I'm, you know, a young person born and raised in La Vita, but i i don't I don't have these conversations very frequently with people my age. And like, it's something that's very lacking but I think that with even with your opening of the business it, it does have a very big impact on everyone in the community
1: um, yeah. bars bars are a place where communities come to, to build on each other it's where that's where you that's why I have no TVs in the bar you know it, it's you're, you, you come and you're with your family or you're with your friends and you talk you communicate and you you know that literally, I think the negative stigma, when you talk about, let's say, the fact that my bar is the first bar to open up in 30 years, why is that? Because a lot of people that have been in this community have had a negative stigma of what a bar is. And they believe this is what a bar should be. They think bars are a place where people go to get drunk. And that might happen at times, but for the majority of the time, community bars are meant are meant to be a place where you go and you interact with the rest of your community, where people literally come up with ideas, they brainstorm and they work together and they start building on that. It's a, it's a building block. It's one of the, the, the fundamental building blocks to a community as a whole. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we could get more bars like, like I have um, and get more coffee shops and, and stuff like that. And so we can inspire, I, Should I would love to see a, 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 um, a movie theater you know, a small little movie theater.
2: Imagine. In
1: Even that if they're playing like, mm-hmm. right? Like old school, yeah. black and white Mexican movies that are awesome. You know, they maybe they sell, you know, some beers and popcorn in the in the front. I would go to that 100%.
0: Drive through. Yeah. We, I've, I've, we've mentioned that idea of, a, of a movies at the park or something like that. Um, yeah, no, I think this is awesome. And I think this is a great time uh, to take a break. Yeah.
2: Back here with our special guest, Mike. And we've been talking about how Mike has been a businessman from the start ever since childhood and how he's grown into becoming founder and owner of Osito's Tap. Mike, it's a pleasure having you and talking about your business plans and your inspiration for the business. I kind of want the second part to be a little bit more about, um, about Little Village and how Little Village has shaped you.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, as I had mentioned earlier, my, my father, uh, spent most of his life in in this neighborhood, you know, at 14 years old, he moved to little village from Pilsen, uh, originally an, an immigrant from Mexico. And my mom was born and raised in, in little village. So, uh, I feel like a lot of the views that I have of little village come from them, stems from them. And, um, the fact that that my family is is still in this community, you know, my grandparents live across the street. I, I go and, and frequent them um, as often as I can. It's a little harder these days because I work so much, but um, but I try to I try to go over there and and take some time to to hang out with them. I mean, just if you look at Little Village compared to other neighborhoods in, in the city, there, there's so much vibrance going on in this community. It's, it's very much alive, um, and that that could be seen. From the elote ladies on the corner selling, you know, fresh elotes or roasting them, all the way down to, um, you know, the even the barber shops that you see all over the place. It it just it's a very vibrant community. Um, and as a as a kid, when I was always coming here, I was very excited. I I loved paletas, so I used to come here and I always, I would always get strawberry paletas were my favorite. So. Um, so yeah, so little village was was for me. It 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 um, it reminded me of, of Mexico. It reminded me of home, and uh, that that I guess that 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 stems a lot from my father. I spent a lot of time as as a kid in, in Mexico. I would go and and visit um, um, you know some of my family over in San Luis Potosi or Guanajuato, Michoacan, and um, every time I was there, I I I felt as if I was at home when I was out there and. So when I would come back to Chicago, it would always be a little sad, but um, coming to Little Village, it it reminded me of where my family was from and the culture that, that we had. So I, I just, I care a lot about the community because of that. And um, I think as I've, I've grown and, and and kind of seen the the issues that, that we've had over the years, whether that, that stems from, um, you know, violence in the community or or sometimes uh, the poverty that I see, I'm, I'm always looking and I'm saying, why can't uh, we work as a community to, to, to work on this? And, you know, I, I've, I've worked heavily with Esperanza Health Center, and Lasse, and, um, you know, really like new life center, the stuff they do down the street. I have a lot of respect for um, the kind of the, the work that they do in the community. Um, the, the partnership that I did with uh, the Love Fridge, where we, we help and, and um, bring food to the community. You know These are things that, that, that mean a lot to me. Uh, community service has always been a big part of my life. And um, I felt like this is the neighborhood where I could do the most good. This is the neighborhood that I was most in tune with because of my upbringing. And, um, and so yeah, it shaped me tremendously. I mean, I, 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 I don't think I'd be the person I am today if it wasn't for Little Village and, and everything that I've learned here.
0: Mhm. You know, I I do love that um you're involved with the community. It has been um you ha- you've been so heavily involved in the community, not just owning a business, but actually volunteering. And I I did we left our conversation about talking about the stigma that it it has it comes with owning a bar. Mm-hmm. Um what are the, some of the things that you hear from the community uh, that you're a young man in La Villita owning a bar?
1: So you know, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of the stigmas that that I was getting was actually prior to the bar opening, or maybe early on when we first opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of course, there's always going to be skepticism. People always, um, you know, when they when they think liquor, um, they always assume the worst. They mm-hmm. assume that uh, you know you, you are there, and you're just trying to get people drunk, um, and that's not what I wanted. I mean, obviously, you, you you see when you come in the bar, it it's it's a whole environment that you're experiencing. You know, if you happen to in- overindulge, you know that is, I guess, a bonus. I don't know how to explain that. That's something that happens sometimes when you drink too much. Yeah. Milk. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't necessarily think that's the motive or the ultimate goal. Yeah, exactly. Of everyone when they enter the bar, you know,
1: it's about the it's about enjoying the flavors and and how how it uh, is presented and the atmosphere. I mean, that's the whole mm-hmm. the whole point. Um, so, I I haven't really noticed that much anymore. I think a lot of people um, have a newfound respect for what we we, we do in the community, um, and also just the fact that my father has always. My father has been heavily involved in the communities over, over the years, and mm-hmm. uh, I think he, he's been a big inspiration for me, definitely one of my my role models. Um, but let's say, for example, when I was going to put the outdoor um, patio area, you know, I had a hard time even convincing at, at that time the alderman that it was a good idea. He was concerned that there was going to be issues with a lot of people being very drunk. You know, I had... A petition that I that I was having signed by the community members, um, people that were that lived on the street. That's crazy. That wow. Has yeah. he not
0: been to Wrigley Field?
1: <laughs> That's like... a whole other story. <laughs> a whole other story. But look, I have a lot of respect for the alderman. I I don't blame him. I think, like I said, there's stigmas. People have stigmas. Sure. And they're concerned about, uh, you know, what are what are your motives? Um, the na- some of the neighbors also had concerns and you know that that lived on our block and they were worried about noise and I I assured them what I was planning on doing I wanted to to, to make it look really nice and all the work and I actually got every single person on our block uh, or at least the ones that 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 uh, were home I so I'd say that was like 95 percent of the people on on our block to sign um, the petition and the 5% that I didn't get were simply I went every day and no one ever came to the door. So that just goes to show how much people really believed in what I was doing. And and I was able to convince them and show them, hey, but I'm not here to, to cause problems. I'm just trying to run my business and, I, and mm-hmm. I, we're dealing with a pandemic. I, I have no other choice but to have outdoor seating at the moment.
0: Yeah. And the reason I bring this up and I, it, it's something that I want to address because I grew up, we, we live with Latino parents mm-hmm. and there's always this like, uh, at least in my household, I'm going to speak for my household about um, be careful, uh, f- be careful of, of drinking too much. And that's because my grand both grandfathers were alcoholics. Yeah, and so, whenever I wanted to go out with my friends, it was like "no tomes mucho," like be careful, like you know, you have that gene, uh, you're prone to alcoholism, and like I was so scared of alcohol growing sure. up. I had my first alcoholic drink at 25, wow. and that's because it was so installed in me to like alcohol is bad, and I just say this because it it, it is that like, and I don't know again. I don't know if it's in every Latino Mexican household, but I did some research. And uh, according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, overall, Hispanics are less likely to drink at all than uh, non-Hispanic whites.
1: Interesting, that, <laughs> I didn't know. That's right. Yeah. I
0: didn't know that either. However, when we do drink, we drink in higher volumes than <laughs> whites. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. Where
0: you find <laughs> that
2: study? Where's Where's
1: the <laughs> That makes but, sense when When you think about all of the, you know, quinceañeras and uh, uh, you know, first first birthdays for your children. I mean, of course. <laughs>
2: but,
0: I mean, I don't know. I just I I think, um, I think the we're younger. We're it's different for us, right? Like growing up in Mexico, like I did, is different from like growing up here. Sure. Um, it's just a different thing, and so I know that uh, La Villita is a young neighborhood, and it's almost like we're we're trying to tell our parents like, come on, like, like this, you you need to to see it my way, your perspective. I need this. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just thought it was interesting. I wanted to bring that up because I, I just wonder how many people, you know, young people are growing up in their house and just sneaking out because alcoholism is such a rooted fear in them.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. You know, um, my father always told me that nothing good happened after midnight. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, when, when I first was told them that I plan on opening up a bar, uh, they weren't hundred percent enthusiastic about it and I think that's because a lot of people you know, including my parents even though they have a liquor store and everything and they've been in the business for a long time they it's very easy especially when you're in this industry it's very easy to get caught up in it um, and I've seen that unfortunately I've seen that with people that, that have worked in the liquor industry where because there's alcohol, I mean, right behind me, there's a, a bunch of bottles that I have right here. But the reason why I have all those bottles there is because I really don't drink all that often. Um, otherwise, you know, people assume they're like, oh, wow, well, you must drink a lot. I was like, well, if I did, when you come over to my house, I wouldn't have a ton of bottles. There would be a few, but it's always the same bottles that I have in, on my bar and even at my house. Um, because growing up in it, it didn't phase me in that sense, you know, I enjoyed drinking. I enjoy it predominantly for the flavor profile. So, um, but my, my, my own parents were, were concerned about uh, me opening up a bar. They were worried that, you know, it was going to be a place like any other place that you see where there's, uh, you know, burrachos coming in and drinking heavily. Um, but you always have to, you have to show people what you're doing. and, Mm -hmm. And it always just takes a little conversation to convince someone.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And every time we go, well, I've gone there a couple of times. The vibe is chill. Like it's, you just get to just enjoy your time
2: and um, hang out with friends.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I personally, every single time, even if I'm going to Ositos or to Moreno's, I'll hear the music and my boyfriend's, my partner's always like, oh, I really like this song, like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe we should go to Ositos right now, you know, Um, just because um, for our listeners, hopefully, this, this, um, this gathers people to Ositos to take the incentive to go and visit, like, just when you enter, um, it's, you know, it's a dark, it's a dark room, um, and, and just, like, (laughs) <laughs> You're making light. it sound like it's a haunted yeah, house. I know, no, no, but it's, it's right. not like a dungeon or anything. But like, <laughs> but like, it's it's just like when when you walk in there, there's just kind of like this cool vibe when you when you walk in. Yeah. I personally feel like, and then the drinks and everything else are just amazing. Like, there's just no doubt about it, especially with you said um Denise Soto behind the bar. I mean. Yeah. Um, there's there's just uh, so much innovation and creativity. I feel like with the menu and even with the uh, Chicago Restaurant Week, um, the types of items that you took out on your menu, um, there was there were just um, items I had never seen before um, typically served. And so right.
1: that's what I like to hear. I mean, that's what we're all about. Is um, you know, I like I said the. Mexico also means a lot to me. And, and I wanted to showcase that through the bar. So mm-hmm. allowing, um, for example, Denise, to, to curate these excellent cocktails, utilizing ingredients that you just don't typically see. Uh, my sister, An- Angie, who's the executive chef, uh, coming up with these, these recipes that, that we have. Um, I wanted to showcase things that, that you just don't typically see in Chicago from Mexican cuisine and culture mm-hmm. and I I find it fun I like it you know and um, it's all about innovation I, I like to surround myself with people that also have to an extent OCD that are <laughs> um, I like to surround myself with people that are go-getters that are enthusiastic um, and the, the bar is the you know accumulation of, of all of that put together all of the the my hard work over the years uh, mm-hmm. that's what i'm trying to showcase in the bar
0: yeah the food's definitely elevated like it's it's it, each plate has a certain element of of creativity and it's almost like a masterpiece and it's it's a hidden gem i will say that ositos is a hidden gem right now right now I mean, hidden. honestly, though, I don't think it's that hidden, though, because
2: everybody knows about because if you
0: live in Little Village. It's <laughs> well, hidden, in Little Village, yeah, it's <laughs> hidden to um, everyone else that's just in their bubble.
1: Sure.
2: And just sorry because I want to give. I, I we talked a little bit, a, a little bit too much about food, but if we're gonna say that, we're we're gonna have to tell our listeners a little bit more about uh, the food that you serve. What are your favorite? your top two favorite items on on the cocktail list and on the menu.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, so definitely my some of my favorites on the cocktail list comes back to some of our traditional, original drinks that we had come up with. So the al oscuro um, is my all-time favorite that we have. I'm very, very big on old fashions. I love old fashions. Um, What if you know viewers don't know? Old fashions were invented in Chicago, Um, so they accumulated from a lot of bartenders and mixologists in the city back in the the days, coming up with something unique to showcase whiskey. And um, there are a lot of horrendous old fashions in the city of Chicago, unfortunately. Um, Every place I judge a a bar based on how they make an old fashioned. And if they don't use the proper cherries, if I see red cherries instead of the dark, you know, maraschino mm-hmm. cherries, I, I'm already, I can already tell there's something wrong. That's very uh,
2: true. Yeah. Very skeptical. And I was like,
1: this <laughs> Take is it back.
2: My first and last drink
1: here. <laughs> what
2: so would what, what, what tell us the ingredients for the
0: perfect uh, old fashioned?
1: For the perfect old fashioned. Well, you know, the yellow scudo we have w- wouldn't be a traditional old fashioned. So that would be a little different. Um, I mean, a, a, a perfect old-fashioned definitely is, is using good ingredients. For example, like ours, we use Four Roses bourbon, which is just masterful in old fashions. I also think rye whiskey is really good when, when you're making an old-fashioned. The spice you get complements the sweetness that you're getting off of the orange bitters that you're sometimes using, or the, or the sugar. Um, you know, Marancino cherries, which is what we use at our bar, absolutely fantastic cherries. I mean, those those cherries are delicious. If you if utilizing that in mm-hmm. an old fashioned, I think is extremely important. Um, but our old fashioned or take on an old fashioned, I should say, the Yellow Scudo, has slight differences. So we add Aztec chocolate bitters in there. Um, chocolate goes really well with bourbon because of the mm. sweetness. So, you know, chocolate and, and bourbon go hand in hand. So we add that on top of the, the orange bitters that we're also using, but also we use mesquite um, and we smoke the old fashioned in-house. So we smoke it right in front of you. And that little extra layer of smoke gives it a fluffy kind of um, well-rounded um, cocktail. So that, that's definitely my favorite. Um, I love that cocktail. <laughs> that <sounds laughs> and then what
2: about on- good? And what about on the menu? What's your top um, item on the menu you right
1: know, the now? Menu's harder because there are a lot of things I really like. <laughs> um, I would say one of the one of my favorites would be like um, the molotes that we do. Um, that it's actually it's vegan, so I, I don't eat a ton of meat. I enjoy meat. I like meat, but I, I really my whole life since I was a kid, I was never a big meat eater. And um, I remember when I was a kid, the stigma of going somewhere, especially in a Mexican neighborhood, and asking for something vegetarian. Oh, you know, yeah. That.
0: Frijoles, arroz, that's what you get.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, maybe they'll throw some, like, iceberg lettuce on there, too. <laughs> but, um, you know, there was a lot of stigma around it, you know, especially people were like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, vegetables, vegetarian. Um, so, you know, as a kid, I, I remember always people would look at me in a, in a weird sense, and now as Vegetarian dishes are becoming more popular. People are more health conscious. People are, are, are leaning more towards uh, vegan as well. Um, I wanted to showcase that. And mm. I told my sister, you know, my sister, who's the executive chef, um, learn how to make uh, raw food. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's on the extreme f- form of a of, uh, of vegan. So she was already very well-rounded in, in that sense. And um, I told her, I said, I wanted to have food for everyone. Um, including vegetarians and vegans, so the the molotes that we do are stuffed with mushrooms, and it it almost gives you a sense when you when you eat it, you'd actually be surprised. You try it, and and some people might assume there are, there is meat in there, uh, just because of how it tastes. It's really really good, and um, that was actually something that both of my sisters had come up with. So my family, we love to cook. We love cooking and uh, they both work together to make the, the, the molotes and um, everything about it is just fantastic. You know, you have this beautiful sauce on the bottom with tomato, sim- very simple sauce, tomato sauce with olive oil and some salt. And then the molotes are, are fried inside it. You're getting some of that garlic that's coming through. You're getting some, some uh, um, uh, the mushrooms in there. And it just, everything about it is, is very well-rounded. And for me, it's, it's the perfect dish. It's very simple. It's very, very easy and elegant. Um, it looks good and it tastes good.
2: Sounds delicious. Yeah. I know. And I haven't eaten dinner, so I'm
0: starving. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have desserts? I think you had flan last time I was there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a choco flan, which is yeah. really good. Um, so we use two different, two different uh, chocolate beans, actually, to make that one. Uh, a red bean and uh, a darker chocolate bean in it, and it just—it's mm. really good. That—that I, is that, really <laughs> next level. My sister. I
2: love that. I love that it truly is like a family, a family business. Like you talk about, you know, brainstorming with your sisters, and I—I—I um, I, I really. And that's just like amazing to hear. Do you have any other siblings apart from your two sisters that you mentioned? And do they play a role in your business?
1: Um, I have a brother that I keep locked up in the attic, but other than him.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> no, I I that's it. I have two older sisters. I don't have uh any other siblings.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you mean? The younger one?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't have any other any other brothers or sisters.
2: Okay. Are you the middle one, younger one, oldest I'm one? I'm the youngest. The okay. And so where, you know, from what you're telling us, you know, uh, Ositos is a very community oriented space. And, you know, you talk about wanting the bar to be a place where people can come and talk and, uh, you know, express their, their ideals and come up with ideas. Where, where do you see Ositos going? Um, in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, the future is limitless. There's so much potential. Um, I mean, I, I own the building, thankfully, so we could expand upstairs and- um,
0: mm, I, Do I, it.
1: That. <laughs> if it wasn't for the pandemic, we would probably already be talking about that right now. Um, you know, I would like to expand to the second floor and have a different vibe upstairs from downstairs mm-hmm. uh, the upstairs w- is three times the size of what we have downstairs so i could have a nice dance floor and i'd love to have a place one, one thing that that i really like and and i don't see enough in, in chicago is salsa so i used to i used to live in madrid and, and i danced over there and i, and I love salsa so i would love to have something like that uh, cumbia a mix of different different music um, so maybe something, something along those lines, not saying for sure that's what it's gonna be, but- No, it's you
0: know. gonna happen
2: now, cause we're gonna go. <laughs> no, we heard it, you heard it here first. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's something that I think would be really cool. And I would like to have something like that in the neighborhood, um, as well as an, an outdoor patio on the roof. So we have a patio on the side, which I never was expecting but I I would have loved to put a patio on the roof of the bar because I have a patio on the roof. I don't have to close it at a specific time. I can keep it open as long as the bar is open. Having outdoor patio or having patios in front of your business, you have to close it at a specific time. Um, But when it's on the roof, nobody can really hear it. So you could keep that going for a lot longer. Um, I also, on, on our building, you get a beautiful view of downtown because there are no obst- obstructions where we are. And I don't anticipate that because it's just houses that mm-hmm. are behind us. So you could see downtown from the roof. It, it's a very, very nice view, um, but there's there's a lot. I mean, it, the list can go on and on. There are a lot of ideas that I have floating around. And uh, I'm always, you know, I'm always trying to build and grow on on, on, uh, on my work and my businesses.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the you know the ideas are limitless and um you know before we let you go because we do want to be cognizant of your time um we want to ask you we ask all of our guests here on nerdy latinas podcast we have a very broad view on nerdy and so we need to ask you what makes you nerdy
1: <laughs> What makes me nerdy <laughs> yeah oh, man, i am super nerdy when you think, when, <laughs> I, when i think about it like i was i, I was on a run uh, I like to go running a lot and maybe that's nerdy <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: so you have to know a lot to be a runner
1: <laughs> I used to run competitively competitively I loved running I was talking with a buddy of mine uh, from high school who i go on runs with and I was talking about how nerdy I was in, in high school and, and I, I still feel like I am um, for example um I love Star Wars and I was just recently watching Star Wars Rebels, which is the cartoon version they have on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. really cool. I really liked it. Um, I listen to classical music and jazz. I, I love jazz and I love classical music. Um, I'm really big into history. <laughs> I'm a big history nerd. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm a very nerdy person overall. Um, just depends on, on, on what aspect you're asking.
0: <laughs> That's great. I I I encourage you to check out our Star Wars episode. Real we cool. we I, might
2: have offended some Star Wars fans, but like <laughs> it's our to And by we no 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 And by we she means me. So <laughs> she, means she means her, not me. I know nobody. Yet. Um I'm not I I can't speak enough on Star Wars. Uh she's she has the bigger opinion there. But you're you've been watching The Mandalorian. I do, I love The Mandalorian. That's what yeah. got me happy. I love that show, <laughs> but um, we would like you thank you, to thank you so much, Mike, for joining us today. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. Uh, thank you for telling us about your story, about your ideas, and about you know your dreams. Uh, we're we're super happy we're super happy that we were able to have you th- today. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I, I appreciate you all having having me. Um, I, you know, I love doing stuff like this and uh, conversing and kind of showcasing and, and telling people um what what my passions are and, and what, what I view um, the the strengths of, of the neighborhood are.
0: Yeah definitely and and we just see Ositos uh, taking off. We're, we expect to see Ositos in every corner um <laughs> but I think that a lot of young people will be encouraged um, to follow their dreams um, and come back to their neighborhood um, and strengthen it even more So thank you so much for joining us And we're back.